Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy Monday on the Wesson Walker Show at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. We want to hear from you. Text us, 704-570-9610. We want to hear your thoughts and your comments on the Carolina Panthers' final preseason game against the Detroit Lions. No, they did not win, but they certainly won from most of the starters and certainly the quarterback. He won in our heart. Tell us how you feel. 704-570-9610. I'm excited to talk about finally what was a good moment, and you can't really even refute it. I don't think we're going to be hearing from Chris Sims on this game. I don't think we're going to be hearing from Johnny Muscles on this game. I don't think we're going to be hearing from Michael Lombardi on this game. Maybe. Maybe we will. Mm -hmm. But not a whole lot of negative comments towards what Frank Reich did at the beginning of this game when we got to see Bryce Young go out there for a couple of series. Feeling a lot better here about some areas. It does not mean that there were not negatives to discuss. There were And there's still a pretty big concern regarding one of their most important players heading into this season. We'll get to all of that. But, Wes, clearly it all revolves around Bryce. It all revolves around your number one overall pick. And if you go to the most important storyline, Bryce Young throwing his first touchdown pass on a route where Adam Thielen, he throws it before he even breaks. Dan Orlovsky gave you this big-time breakdown. I thought Bryce was good even before that. I thought he was hooking up with his his receivers, had that connection going with Adam Thielen. Bryce Young gave us about all we could ask for in that final preseason game. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, he came out and threw the football really well and had some some special throws. And then the touchdown pass, like I said, was the icing on the cake. That's what everybody wanted to see. I figured that he would get uh, that in this football game. He came out, he accomplished that, so everybody can feel good for the most part. Uh, as they approach the first regular season game against Atlanta. You said for the most part. There's still some, (laughs) there's concerns. There's concerns, no doubt about it. Yes, there is. We got the good Bryce game, though. Let's start to talk about it. Pull up to the scene, Mr. uh, Bus Driver, Josh Fitty Marlowe. Go ahead and open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Wes, if we continue to focus on Bryce just for a moment, don't think you could have gotten anything else from Bryce because we got to, we, we got everything we could have asked for, right? I've been talking about him using his legs this upcoming season. It's like we never talk about the athleticism he does have. Yes. Anytime anybody wants to talk about Bryce and the athleticism, it's a lack thereof. It's, well, he's not the most physical guy in the world. He's not the fastest. But, man, he can run. He's certainly not just a statue back there in the pocket, and he can beat you with his legs. He did that, picking up 21 yards on three different carries, had the 13-yard scamper. Pocket presence, I mean, that's that's what's crazy, right, when we hear some of the criticisms, the outliers' criticism out there saying his pocket presence, he's a little jittery. I just don't see that at all. I think his pocket presence was on full display in this game against Detroit, even though, yes, there was a sack, for sure, but it doesn't have anything to do, in my opinion, with Bryce, except maybe holding on to the ball too long every now and then, but for the most part, I didn't have any problem with that at all with Bryce. We got the touchdown pass. You came out firing. You're starting to connect 
connect with Mingo as well. So you hook up with Mingo on a 14-yard reception. You develop that chemistry with Adam Thielen. Nice to see him, even if he went out with an injury at first. He comes back. It's all good. There he does. There he goes, catching the touchdown pass. So really excited of what we got from Bryce Young. Let's hear from the first overall pick, Bryce himself, on this last preseason game and how ready he is now. Yeah, you know, again, I think there's 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 good stuff on tape that we can grow from. There's stuff that we, we, we put on tape that we want to get better at and improve from. Um, but, yeah, I think, like you said, growth is the biggest thing. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we are we're building, we're pushing to, and, and straining to be better day in and day out. And, you know, um, again, I think it's, you know, I haven't been able to watch the tape on today yet, of course. Um, but there's going to be good and bad there. So I think just any time we get live reps, um, you know, against another team and, you know, we're, we're able to go and, you know, go live, you know, that stuff that you can't obviously replicate in practice. So just the more experience we get as a unit, being a newer group, um, new coaching staff, um, anytime we're able to experience like we were tonight, I think it's, it's really beneficial. I'm going to give you the caveat here, Wes. Okay. Bryce Young, if you keep him clean, will focus on the negative part of that statement. <laughs> but the positive right now, if you keep Bryce Young clean, I feel as comfortable with him as any other quarterback that we've had in, I don't know, the last five years post Cam Newton running roughshod with this squad. He's as comfortable a quarterback that we've had, in my opinion, as long as you keep him clean in quite some time. And I'm ready to roll with Bryce Young week one. No doubt about it. And you talk about in relatively clean because in the NFL, we know the pressure is always going to be there. There are always going to be guys trying to get to number nine. But this is a guy that's also shown the willingness to be able to stand in there and take a hit as long as he can get a completion at the end of it. So I think that you definitely got to saw a lot of good from Bryce. No mistakes in the preseason as far as throwing any interceptions. I think that's something you definitely have to put uh, a feather in his cap for. But when you talk about just uh, the way he played in this football game, he showed that if he can get a clean pocket, relatively clean, that he can deliver the football, man. And he throws with anticipation. Everybody was going crazy about the Dan Orlovsky clip and him showing him throwing with anticipation. And that's one of the biggest differences between college and the pros is that you can't afford to sit there and wait on a guy to get open two, three steps. uh, and, And you have to throw the football to the spot where the guy's supposed to be and live with the results. And the guys who aren't, doing that or the guys who are afraid to do that because they don't want to throw too many interceptions they normally don't last so Bryce definitely has shown you that he's going to get the football where it needs to go and it's on the receivers to make the plays well and I like too that they threw a ton in only two series that Bryce Young played and remember on the broadcast we can get to some Matt Ryan conversation a little bit later as well but Matt Ryan on the broadcast he was saying look I don't want to throw him out there again after this first drive I did I did want to see Bryce one more time, at least one more time, because it felt like they got the ball moving a little bit on the first series. They got a field goal. No, you didn't end up with a touchdown. I wanted to see the touchdown before we get to the regular season. I wanted Bryce to have that experience, and he got it. So love playing him two series, ending on the highest of notes, on the best throw that he had all preseason long. That's phenomenal. He's ready to go. But I'm glad that he got that. And even in the first drive, Wes, I thought he looked good. You're hooking up with Mingo. You're scrambling. It's not even just the touchdown pass, right? I told you I wanted to see that wow moment. I think we got it. I think the Adam Thielen throw was enough of a wow moment for me. No, it wasn't crazy. Oh, my God. It's the most insane thing in the world. But it was enough of a wow moment for me. You go in the pay dirt. You do it with anticipation. It's accurate. You're hooking up at the end. Cool with me. But with Bryce Young now going in, we know the latter half of that statement that we had earlier. If 
He's relatively clean. Man, this Icky Iquanu stuff didn't shore up in this game. Icky Equino? That's Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That's Matt Ryan for sure. Uh, Icky Iquanu, sixth overall pick. Loved him coming in, Wes. You and I both. Big yeah. fans. Looked like he was going to be someone that could break out even further this year. And we know that left tackles that have a good rookie season, we've seen a lot of those guys get even better in a second year where they're getting Pro Bowl nods, where they're getting All-Pro nods. Icky gave up a pressure again, gave up a sack again. Here we are talking about in the first two preseason games. You had some excuse. Mm-hmm. Where you were going against great defenses like the Jets defensive line, the Giants defensive line, might be among the top five defensive lines in all the NFL this year. That very well could happen. Detroit backups? No. The Detroit Lions defensive line, their starters, are not going to be a top five unit. And then you're going up against their twos. You're not going up against Aiden Hutchinson, the number two overall pick. So we talked about it, Wes. We wanted to see Icky dominate. And he far from dominated. We're not even talking about three games where he struggled, Wes. We're talking about, what, eight series that we're talking about with him? It's a problem right now. And I I think three preseason games where he's giving up that many pressures in the eight series that he played, you want to know my panic meter. You want to know how worried I am. He's as he is the position that I'm worried the most about because I didn't expect to be worried about it at all coming into this year. Yeah, and that's the thing that upsets you the most because this guy, when you talk analytically, PFF has him down for a 34.9 pass block grade for the preseason. That is not good enough. I don't care what you subscribe to. Oh, my to. God. It's not even close. Analytics, fanalytics, analytics, whatever it is. I like all of them. All right? But th- that's not cutting it in a 57 overall grade. And, I mean, you have to be concerned with the uh, sack per matchup that he's given up because I know in the first game they didn't give him credit for the sack between uh, him and Christensen when they didn't pass off that game. He didn't get credited for giving up a sack in that instance. But still, I, I look at that as – you can split it between the two of them, but he's given up a sack pretty much in my book in, in each game this season. And so you just have to wonder in these situations when I talked about the stats the other day about how much help that was needed yeah. last season from uh, guys to, to give them that chip or give them that additional help. Listen, left tackle, it's ridiculously hard. But when you talk about a guy that's supposed to be a franchise tackle being talked about as breaking out in year two and also protecting a quarterback that we're going to learn about the weights of every NFL player every single time they hit him and everybody's going to cringe and be more worried about Bryce Young every single time he gets hit and you play the position where if he does get sacked or hit really, really hard, it could do the most damage when you talk about that left tackle spot, man, a lot of times that sack could turn into a, a, a sack fumble. So you have to be worried because he's going to draw each team's best pass rusher each and every week and to see him what looks like regression right now. We still have got to get to week one, yeah, but it's looking like regression thus far. Right. Like, here's what we're not going to do. I don't think either, <laughs> either one of us are not going to be doing what Spence is asking us about on the text line. <laughs> 704-570-9610. Spence said, Wes Walker, should we cut Icky Iquanu? <clears throat> He's going to get Bryce killed. Let me just go ahead and say no. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's none of that thought. You can be worried about your sixth overall pick and not even come close to cutting him. In fact, he still should be the starter. Yeah. We got three. We got bad games. No doubt. Bad games. 
but I don't know who else you're going to put at left tackle. So Icky is going to start. Especially when you see what else is around. And it doesn't mean right. <laughs> and, and and it doesn't mean that he is absolutely 100% going to be bad now. We just have three bad preseason games, and we can only go off of what we've seen in those preseason games and talk about it. So that's what we're doing. But what we're not doing is saying we should cut. Icky Aquanu. We are not doing that. Big Chris from Shelby. They still need to protect Young more because what we don't need is him running all the time. Big Cat Dan. The thing I loved most was that his size wasn't mentioned after the game. It was about what he did. That's a good point from Big Cat Dan. What do you make of some of these texts and the worry about Icky and even just some of the applause for Bryce Young where it did. We were talking about Bryce Young and everything he accomplished. We didn't get to really hear about his size, lack thereof. It was all, hey, this guy looks the part as the number one pick. Well, one of the things, too, that you look at, and it's not just the sack, and I'm just not going to look on the on the surface and say, oh, yeah, he gave up a sack. But there were a few other plays as well. On the play that Bryce had that nice scramble where he shook up the Detroit defender, oh, yeah. a lot of that was because Icky got beat to the inside, let the guy cross his face. The guy hits Hayden Hurst, throws off that route. That was going to be uh, Bryce's dump off, and then that's why Bryce had to make the play to be able to do that and then there was another pressure as well when he dropped that back foot I mean that inside foot back and opened up the door to the inside uh, for the defender as well man so there was some things there that I'm sure his offensive line coach is going to point out today from a technique standpoint that's got to be cleaned up Uh, but as far as how Bryce was able to manage it he did well managing that it's just the thing is you know we talked about it coming into this football game going up against the second string for the most part of the Detroit Lions because I know the guy uh, that Icky gave up the sack to, I have to hunt his name down again, but I know they James said Houston. He had, yes, he had eight sacks, eight or nine sacks last year uh, that they talked about, so he was a legit player. I saw Jack Campbell, their first round pick out there, so they had a few guys uh, immersed into, into that first unit, but it's still, for the most part, you got no Hutchinson and some of the other uh, players that they have on that defense, man, so uh, for Bryce to come out and have the success that he did is fantastic. We just want to see it when they play up against uh, teams when it really counts. And um, it will be interesting to see over the course of four quarters how this line can hold up week in and week out. Still a big question mark. Bryce, not so much, but the offensive line certainly is. We're still going to get to all of our storylines from this final preseason game between the Panthers and the Detroit Lions. Feel free to text in again. The number is 704-570-9610. It's Wes and Walker off and rolling. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're back on the Western Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on a Monday. Perfect rap song playing. That's one of the few rap songs that my mom actually likes because she's <laughs> she's over there dancing. But she is uh, in the studio, came over here to do a little bit of uh, PSA work for Suicide Prevention Month. But she is coming in the studio. She has been dying to uh, unleash her oh, new yeah. nickname for Bryce Young this year. After a touchdown pass to yeah. Ms. Fonda, I mean. Yes, he's mm. been asking for for about two months. Now. <laughs> She's like, can I call in? Because, you know, the lines were down and different stuff like that. So, Ma, you can uh, get on it and speak to the people. 
Well, hello, everybody. I know some of y'all, I give you, you know, y'all call me, I think Mackinac's call me the obnoxious cowboy fan, but <laughs> I got a name from Mr. Bryce Young. Y'all think uh, he's no. going to be the savior for the Panthers. So this is my name for Bryce Young, and y'all might want to go ahead and start getting your t-shirts made, but <laughs> they keep talking about how short he is, and I know I read a report that said that a couple of times his balls got batted down by the big guys, so mm -hmm. this is my new name for Shorty Young, drum roll. His new name will will be Shorty One. Shorty One? Shorty wow. One. Shorty, because he's my height. Now, okay. if he wants to borrow a pair of my heels and make himself a little bit taller, he's going Came on that went for the jug. After I, just after we're all feeling good, it's really the only thing that we're feeling great about after Shorty final preseason game. And here you are wanting to say, nope, everybody, don't get on board. Bryce Young is not going to be the savior, and we're still going to call him short. Shorty One. That's all my right. new name for... Bryce Young. I mean, that's yeah. your guy, too, Wes. This is something yeah, I know when I told her, I said, Mom, I said, dang. I said, you know, that's tough. She knows I like Bryce Young as well. But, this is uh, this is our connect because yeah. we've been looking for one for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once they drafted Bryce Young, it was like all the Panther hate is out the door now. Now yeah, Wes is a quasi-Panther fan. Yeah, well, we're not going to go that far. But uh, <laughs> I've, no, heard no, no, no. I've heard it. My mom calls them the losers on more hate. Yeah, well, that's I know a, that. You know, I'll yeah. be out there with my signs. But, yeah, you know, like I said, shorty one because Panther fans just uh, obnoxious. They think that he's mm. the savior. I saw what Max said. <laughs> you know, Max ready to put that Lombardi trophy in down there on Moorhead. What about Cowboys fans, though? How, well, how are they? you know, I think they're obnoxious, too. Okay. And I've been a Cowboy fan <laughs> for 50 years, and I'm just tired of every single year. We gonna get that Super Bowl. But you one of them when, when y'all no, are winning. <laughs> no, I, how can you say that? I'm saying when y'all are, like, Really good, when but you are like you as hard on them as Fitty yes. is on the. the I am, I'm very hard on the Cowboys. So you've been blocked by da Dak Prescott. Oh yeah, I got blocked by Dak, Dak Prescott Dak on go. Instagram. No. Yeah, that's right. He blocked and then Demarcus me. Lawrence blocked. Oh yeah, De uh, Demarcus Lawrence and I yeah. got into it on Twitter. No, he didn't block me, but he asked me who hurt who hurt me. Because yeah. I told him, I yeah. said, y'all did by being losers and can't mm. ever get, win the All big right. ones. Demarcus Lawrence. <laughs> I did yeah. not know that Dak Prescott blocked you. Yes, I had no he right. did on Instagram. And the 49 right. is exacerbated. Well, uh, it looks like a new player is going to block you. Bryce Young probably is not <laughs> going to be hey. one. Yeah, I know you don't care. But Bryce, it's nothing personal. If you would have gone to another team, I could have had love for okay. you. But you're with the losers on Moorhead. I can't have love for you. All right. That is Miss Fonda Bryant, <laughs> right, the mother of the great Wes <laughs> Bryant. Have a good rest of the day. The <laughs> All right. We're going to try. Yeah. We're going to try. All right. So I guess we're still going to try to steer this thing back in the positive trajectory for Bryce Young, despite Miss Fonda coming in and wanting to call him how, and talk about how short he is. We still like what Bryce no Young doubt was able to it. do. No doubt. I got love for Bryce. But the offensive line, no doubt. Yeah, man. Like, I, here's actually what I want to ask the people. Okay. I want to ask, do you feel better after game number three, the final preseason game, because – your number one overall pick at quarterback looks the part. Wes, you went over even the all-encompassing stats. Mm -hmm. Didn't have an interception. Wes, I don't even think there was really an, a turnover-worthy pass. You know how sometimes when you want to get to the advanced stats, even if it's not an interception, it's the Trey Lance touchdown pass, right? Where it should have been an interception. It got deflected high in the sky, and then somebody brings it down. And then even though it's a touchdown pass, you're still yeah, going like, eh. to get, well, yeah, yeah. get traded <laughs> to Dallas. Yeah. So, are you feeling more positive because Bryce Young did what he did or do your feelings not allow you to feel as positive because we have a problem at left tackle now? It doesn't mean that it's going to happen in the regular season. It doesn't. 
But even with the left tackle, interior, it's still you still have some pressure coming up through the middle as well. I, the offensive line is it, it. This is my problem, right? It's that we came into this season thinking the offensive line was going to be a strength of this team, not just even average, but we thought it was going to be above average, not top five unit. But a lot of people did, you know, varying opinions. But I think it was going to be above average with the second year of Bozeman, with Christensen, these guys having continuity once again. You weren't losing anybody except for Austin Corbett with injury, and then when he comes back, then you're going to have everybody up front again. We've talked about how important continuity is. So then you draft Chandler Savala. Wes, we love that pick. Mm -hmm. We all said, man, he might start. It might happen right now. But Savala hasn't looked great. Second game, I, we both said not great against the Giants in game number two. Not disastrous, but not great. I think against the Lions, you know, he didn't give up the sack, but I know you didn't like what you saw from Zavala against the Detroit Lions. It just doesn't seem like a strength, and that's my problem, right? Like, if you don't have a ton of separation from the wide receivers, if they are not extremely productive in the preseason, okay, we thought it might take a little time. defense you don't have your top three four five pass rushers at a time there's an excuse kind of built in there you you don't have the strength being the strength and that's the biggest issue where everything is starting to flip on its head and that's why i think some people can't allow themselves to feel as positive as you would want after a game like bryce yeah no doubt about it because like we kept saying that the, the twos were playing for detroit a lot of those guys but then you just look at it do you pass the eye test when people watch you do they see a little bit of fear factor like man if this team can get it together, man, they have this and they have that and they have that and they have this. And so uh, that's the thing with Carolina. And you did not expect that. Lineups.com had this offensive line rated 14th coming into this season. So this was a an offensive line you expected to be in the top half when you talk about uh, units across the NFL. And so for what we've seen so far. And the biggest thing about it is if Carolina had a different – if they'd have stayed – at their original draft position and drafted someone, or if they would have not drafted a quarterback at all, and then they were going in there with some vet. I still think the offensive line issues would be highlighted, but not to the degree it is because of the quarterback that you have. And so everybody now, the microscope is on them all the more because they have a quote-unquote small quarterback that people think if you hit him too hard that he's going to break. And so that's the main issue that's concerning this unit. I wonder sometimes, do they feel the pressure? Do they feel uh, that the eyes are on them more than ever before in blocking for Bryce Young? And Icky, as I said, he feels the pressure the most because he's the franchise left tackle. We know what all that encompasses, whether it be money, reputation, whatever the case may be. But he just has not looked good in an area that a lot of people had concerns with him uh, coming out with in the first place. And so other teams are definitely, you you can say what you want about, oh, we're not going to put stuff on tape that's going to give the other team an edge, but you better believe that teams are looking at that edge right now with Icky on and saying, I don't care what plays you're on, we see right now that that's a problem and we're going to attack that. And then the interior of the offensive line, that's a whole nother ball game. I saw Zavala, like I said, didn't uh didn't have a great game as well. On was, do you think it was do you think it was somewhat a copy and paste uh production level that he had against the Giants, or was it worse or was it about the same? It was somewhat a copy and paste, like I said, because I think analytically the grades were kind of similar, but then like some of the plays, uh the one play that I saw when he got beat off the snap, uh, 
guy put a good swim on him. He stuck his head into the block and got a swim move put on him, and the guy went back there and made a play uh, for minimal gain in the run game and things of that nature. And I know that he's just now getting used to having pass back on in the NFL game and things of that nature, but, you know, this is a football team that just the interior is not looking fantastic. Then you talk about the left tackle struggling as well. That's just not what you wanted to hear coming into game one. All right, let's hear from Frank Reich, the head coach, on how he thought the offensive line handled the final preseason game. I thought the protection was good. I mean, uh, you know, obviously go back and look at the film. Might have been one, maybe one thing that got through. But, um, and I thought, again, we didn't call as many runs tonight, but that was by design. You know, wanted Bryce to just throw it a little. You know, every game you go in and try to accomplish a little something. You know, last week against the Giants, you know, with all their blitzing, you know, I just didn't want to get into a pass fest against a, a team that was going to blitz on every down. You know, this week I knew, you know, they'd play more straight up. So it was a, an opportunity just to kind of test the pass game a little bit, test the protection up front a little bit like that. So um, I thought they did a good job. Can we agree that the offensive line – Yes, you can consider context, which might make you say no to this question. But it was still the best game that they played overall because it was ugly against the Giants and the Jets. Yeah, It was a low bar. I'm not trying to say, hey, feel good. Clearly, the tone <laughs> of, of my takes on the offensive line aren't positive. I do think that it was the best game they played as a whole, which is why I think both of us are pretty focused on the left tackle spot because that was the problem, and that's the one where – it's harder and harder to find excuses for that. With Savala, pretty easy to find excuses, to be honest. So not only are you a rookie, you're a fourth-round rookie. Okay, so you're not even a guy that was taken in the first two rounds. You're hurt. You miss a lot of time. The first, I mean, you're talking about that week that he plays against the Giants coming back from injury enough to practice. He just got back and Just got yeah. back. And it's still not a disaster. Not great. But I don't think you could characterize what he's done so far as a disaster. So with Zavala, I'm not sweating it as much. I'm not. Now, from an overall, okay, maybe we need to get him ready as fast as he can because you got your franchise QB. Yeah, I'm not ready Jarrett coming week one. For sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not saying, oh, I feel good about Zavala against Jarrett. I'm just saying I feel good about Zavala as a long-term Panther, as a guy that can figure it out, can get better every week. But this is not the type of direction you thought Icky would move into in his second season. You brought up all the help that the Panthers gave him last year. David Newton on ESPN gave you those stats. Joe Person said the same thing in his write-up about the athletic, the number one other takeaway that you had. Bryce Young's number one. Any publication that you read, they should be discussing how Bryce looked. That's the number one storyline. But number two, many people are going to Icky. And Joe Person talked about how in these first three, the only three preseason games that he played, gave up a second sack and he gave up four total pressures. I would feel a lot more confident if they were miscommunications, but we had the one miscommunication where he passes it off to nobody in the second game, but he's also gotten beat. And so this is this is the thing. It's the offensive line. I'm glad they played better as a whole, but... We wanted Icky to dominate against backups for the Detroit Lions. And when we also talk about the excuses not being there as much, man, okay, James Houston, good. Maybe better than your average backup, for sure. But also, you're the sixth overall pick. You kind of you want your guy to be, over, to be out there protecting your QB. I don't care if he's a good backup. I don't care if it's Aiden Hutchinson, to be honest with you. I want you to be able to hold Aiden Hutchinson down for two series. Two. I'm not asking a whole game. Not right now. I'm asking for two series, and we haven't seen it.
And the thing that you worry about, too, because when we talked about the stat last week, uh, for those who don't know, they said that last season, Joe Person did the Panthers got him help with a tight end or extra lineman on 35% of his pass blocks with three or more wide receivers on the field in weeks one through nine. It dropped to 27% over the second half of the season. But the thing that worries you about stuff like that and putting it in context with what you're seeing now in the preseason What's going to happen in those crucial third downs late in games when the game's on the line or even just to keep the chains moving and you want to have that extra receiver out there, but you just might have to use somebody to help out or you might have to sacrifice an extra receiver in coverage because you might want to run some type of protection that's going to be able to give him a little bit more help. Those are the situations that make you nervous. And we know the NFL is such a one-score league where it could be a field goal or a touchdown, and it comes down to that critical third down, fourth down, how nervous are you going to be that the other team could possibly compromise the Panthers' offense because of the left tackle? And it's not just him. This whole line in general has been lackluster, uh, to say the least, for this preseason. And I'm not sure as much that they can fix at this point because, Lord knows, we see what the second string is looking like out there when you talk about the reserves on the offensive line. So the depth is not there at all. So you really can't afford any injuries, but the starters haven't looked great. So this is just a a, a major issue for them as they prepare for Atlanta. So I hope this is all much ado about nothing. I, I would love in the first, I don't know, four, five, six games, whatever number you want to put on it, that we look back at the preseason and say, man, I'm glad we were worried for nothing. I'm really glad about that. (laughs) I hope it happens. I I would love for that to happen because the the people that might defend Icky will tell you that he really is talented. Even if they gave him help last year, Icky still did a good job. I I thought he turned in a good rookie campaign at left tackle, even with the help. He also got destroyed the first two weeks, and Miles Garrett was, you know, you're talking about was a bad matchup. Yeah, he's Miles Garrett. So you're talking about the first two weeks of Icky's season not going so well, and then he started to figure it out. Okay, I hope that's the same exact thing for the second season, but it's it's different now. We expect Icky to be better in the second season, so we'll see what happens with Icky Kwanu going into what is his second year and how the offensive line as a whole is able to hold up. Do you have any else uh, thing else to say about the offensive line and Icky Kwanu, where you want to move on and maybe get into some other positives that we saw? <laughs> Which one? Uh, no, we can we can we can go on to the positive. Okay, just real quickly, I I think Mingo starting to come on a little bit. I know he only had one catch, but again, you're talking about two series, one catch. You'll take that. They're starting to pick up some big chunks his with yak, him. His yak yeah. element is the most exciting yeah. part about that. One hundred percent looks like a yak boy. First time we got to see Thielen and Bryce Young hooking up quite a bit. That was nice. When we're talking about who the number one wide receiver is, Thielen came in and said, "I think I'm the number one wide receiver right now." And you got to see that chemistry between both of them. That was really good. Um, and then even running back position. Here we are discussing Chuba Hubbard as the possible backup. Spencer Brown looks good. He did. Spencer, Spencer Brown, Brown looks good. toted the mail. Yeah. Oh, poor Cam Peoples, though. That's not another. That's not a positive, but my guy. Cam that Peoples. rule blew me away. Same. I mean, look. The call was terrible. Even if you wanted to say that it was an incompletion. To say that it was a fumble is super weird but that's the rule i know 
And I was like, wow. So the the fact, though, that Cam Peoples fumbles it on his first Whoa. carry. Yeah, fumbles it on his first carry. And then a touchdown reception. Not only is it incomplete, it's a fumble. So now you have a second fumble on the day. The preseason gods, man, they just weren't smiling on Camp Peoples. Could do no right in this game. They were not, man. And he made a nice catch, a nice play. But I thought they brought it out on a broadcast. And that's the thing, though, when you talk about New England. I know they've struggled lately, but that's one of those things that they talk about little little nuances like that that Belichick always seems to have his players prepare for. And they would say how if he didn't stick out the ball, he would have been good money. And I know he didn't anticipate the guy swatting and, mm-hmm. and making it loose, but you knew the guy was on your tail. But that was just a very that was a wild rule. Like when they because when they when the ref came out and made the call, I said, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> right. And then when they started talking about the the actual rule, I said, "Man, I never knew that, man." So yeah, so unfortunate for him. All right, so I still have some more thoughts on the offensive line. We can still get to a little bit more in depth on the positives. We still have plenty of Carolina Panthers takes. We also have a lot of college football to discuss because this is the week we get the action. We got week 0, depending on how real you think week 0 is or not. We got some games to go over there. But week 1 is here. And even locally, we got some big time matchups. In fact, team week the first time ever, folks. Weston Walker, this team week. Double dose. It includes two teams. North Carolina and South Carolina as they are set to kick off this weekend. They're set to kick off the college football season right here in the city of Charlotte. So we even have that at one o'clock and two o'clock each of those team weeks. And then the campus corner coming up next, but all after the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? Oh, he done mix it up on us. Yeah. I imagine this was the music coming out of the male household Saturday afternoon after P.J. Washington signed a three-year, $48 million contract extension to stay with the Hornets. He was the last unsigned restricted free agent in the summer. It's coming off a year where he had career highs and points at 15.7, and he averaged two made three-point uh, three field goals per game. And Walker, he was the first Hornets player in history to average three two-pointers and a block per game in a season, according to ESPN stats and information. You and I disagreed about his value. I think ultimately I was right that he was not going to get the $20 million that you thought he was going to of it in demand. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But more importantly, your your favorite guy on the Hornet, more so than even LaMelo Ball, he's back in the purple and teal. You said you didn't think he deserved 20. He did. You never thought that, you, you never said that you thought he was going to get paid what you think he is. You said, oh, it's the NBA. They pay everybody. They do. Everybody can score. He's a 20 12 million dollar a year player. No, well, no, pair, oh, so you're wrong again. Yeah. He's 16 million dollars a year. 16 million. All right, we can get to the PJ, but you're all right. Look, I was in the Bojangles drive through when the news came through. Couldn't get more Carolina Did it make you order me. more food? Oh, yeah, I was ready. I was all jacked up on the seasoned fries. <laughs> I was getting a little froggy with the honey mustard I was dipping those fries in. It was oh, fantastic. Oh, you're a honey mustard guy? Couple you got takes some in a row. Baby. 
Yeah, man. All right. God. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be confined to a fitty flash talking about my love for the PJ signing. I know what you tried to do over there. We're going to talk about it all in the last hour on P. We're going to have a whole hour dedicated to PJ. Is that what you had planned for the show today? <laughs> oh no, it's football season <laughs> and PJ season. Lots more to come to. Campus Corner, Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming. I know my mom came in here and said it a blaze in here, talking big trash. But you see where I get it from, man. That's why I was a trash talker uh, mm-hmm. when I played. It's I, also, I get it honest. But it, it's delivered in almost the nicest way, too. And, and not really, but the voice is its such a sweet voice. <laughs> it is as sweet a voice as you could come across. And so to hear the trash talk towards the franchise QB from someone that you just want to give a big old hug. And by the way, it would be welcomed because it's the first thing. It's the first time I ever got to meet your mom in person. Yeah. Just right, right away. Gave me a wristband, you know, started talking about suicide prevention month, which is extremely important to her. And she came in with Carolina Panthers takes everything, all the above and said, Hey, I'm going to have you over for dinner. Let's get some pound cake as well. Bryce Young is shorty one. Here's a wristband out. Oh, it was a whirlwind. (laughs) It was a whirlwind and it was welcomed. That's what's up. So hit us up on the socials as well. The WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. You can see the stories, what we're doing every day. Our question of the day that we hit you with, especially now with football season uh, right here on us. And then hit up at Walker Mail, at West Bryant underscore 72, at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. Let's get to the campus corner. All right, college football was officially back this weekend. I definitely partook of the action. Uh, Notre Dame beat Navy 42 to 3, but the vested interest there was to check out Sam Hartman in his Notre Dame debut, and he did not disappoint. The Notre Dame offense did whatever they wanted, averaged six yards per carry on the Navy midshipmen. But most importantly, Sam Hartman was 19 of 23 for 251 yards and four touchdown passes. Notre Dame fans are now in a tizzy. They think that they have won the national championship after Saturday's game because they feel like they have a big-time signal caller so, uh, Walker, Mel, were you able to catch any of this action? But what do you think about Sam Hartman and what he could bring to this Notre Dame offense, especially if he has performances like this? Well, there's no doubt that Sam Hartman is going to be a good quarterback this year. It's all about what your main concern is. Is he going to show up in the monster games? Because you felt like there was a lot to be desired anytime that you did have the big matchups in ACC play. So you got to see Wake Forest put a ton of points on the board last year against Clemson. They still lost because their defense allowed over 50, and it was the best game DJU had as a thrower by far last year was against the Demon Deacons. But Sam Hartman is able to put up a lot of numbers. Notre Dame going into this season, looking to contend for a college football playoff spot. That is the goal for the Fighting Irish. And so when you have Sam Hartman as that guy that could put all those numbers up, that's great. I expected this against Navy, right? I don't know if I – he looked great. We can give him credit, but I'm not shocked 
that he was able to do this right now. It's all going to be about the big time moments. Does he deliver and make that jump from Wake Forest to Notre Dame and play like a national powerhouse QB that delivers in those? Yeah, he's going to have a gauntlet of games, and that's what we're going to see just how great this marriage is going to be. Tennessee State is their next matchup this coming weekend. But then after that, they've got NC State. Then they play Central Michigan, so a little bit of a break there. But then Ohio State, Duke, Louisville, USC, Pitt, Clemson. So that is a hell of a schedule that will be coming up for Sam Hartman. So we're going to see. This is big-time football, man. This ain't Winston-Salem, buddy. You don't ball out in <laughs> South Bend, they're not going to be loving you up. Well, I mean, talk talk to me, Wes. What did you think of this performance? Because we know the oh, criticism. I thought he was razor sharp. He was razor sharp. I mean, I, I knew early on when they were able to come out and run the football all over them, I said, man, he's definitely going to uh, be able to do his thing. And, and that he did, man. He was throwing the football. He was on the money. He was very accurate. He looked just like he would at Wake Forest, you know, when they were playing teams where the money was not on the table. Well, and look, it's you can only – Go against the, <laughs> you can only go against the opponent in front of you, right. and you wanted him to dominate, and he did. No, so he did. He looked stuff. he looked really sharp. And then the other performance of the evening, which was I did not discover until later on that the game was on the Pac-12 network because I thought it was on Fox, so I was a little bit upset that I didn't get to see it, so I had to keep up with it on Twitter. But Caleb Williams comes out and starts his Heisman campaign in USC's playoff push beating San Jose 56-28, but he was 278 yards, four touchdowns on the day, and probably the throw of the year already. Fitty, do we have that for the people so they can hear what it sounded like? And here we go. For those of you who don't know what that play was, Caleb Williams had a ridiculous play. If you're sitting there chilling, eating your cheese sandwich or whatever it is that you've got going in the car. we got a lot of cheese conversation. That's right. Go on to Twitter and look up Caleb Williams' throw. He hits a 76-yard touchdown to Taj Washington, but that's not it. We know that he's capable of doing that. He fumbles the snap, runs and picks it up in the face of danger, turns around and throws the ball perfectly in stride to Mr. Washington for a 76-yard bomb. It was pure. It was was just spectacular to say the least. And I'm not trying to be uber hyperbolic about Mr. Williams, but that play right there, that throw is going to be hard to beat. So, yeah, so uh, what do you think about Williams and what he was able to do coming out to start the season? I think the same thing that I thought about Sam Hartman going against Navy, you expected Caleb Williams to have a great performance. Honestly, I thought the stats might be a little bit more than what they were, not even 300 yards passing, not necessarily a shock, but also you're destroying San Jose State, and so it's not like you needed Caleb Williams every single one of those points because they scored 56. Caleb Williams is on a nice path to possibly what is going to be another Heisman Trophy, and if you watch this game, no rushing yards either, so still less than 300 yards total combined I, I just when we Caleb Williams is going to be a Heisman for a favorite yeah 278 four scores is a great stat line and, and against the, us San Diego and the, and the four touchdown passes are going to help I just wonder if 
was this a moment to where you could accumulate just stupid numbers? Mm. And then when we get to the end of the season, and maybe some of these other QBs go Lamar Jackson, two first two games of the season numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Are those going to help the other guys' case? It, it It's a stretch. I get it. I just wonder how much, okay, did you miss an opportunity to just run everything up against a weaker opponent in San Jose State while some of these other QBs, if Drake May does what he did against App State last year, again, in the opener, right? Not against South Carolina, but maybe. Right? I, you get my point. Either way, watch the film, and it will tell you everything you need to know about the number one prospect. No doubt. And as we get out of here, we're up against the break. But North Carolina, man, one of the perks of playing for the Tar Heels for the upcoming 2023 season, they got a special pair of retro Air Jordan cleats. They are low-top Air Jordan 12s made specifically for the Tar Heels, and they are straight Fire! Okay. <laughs> oh, no, you you dubbed it. They're dressed in a white upper with Carolina blue accents on the trim, heel tab, cleats, and side panel of the shoe. Black. There's a little bit of black on there as well. But these are absolutely dope, and one of the reasons that uh, make Carolina just a, a tough out when you talk about recruiting with all the nice Jordans that you'll get from cleats and from sneakers. But when we return on the Wesson Walker Show, our double dose of Team Week begins. We talk about the Tar Heels, talking about their recent success on sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ.